I would rather go on stage without a wig on than without perfume. No way. A hundred percent. I'd rather go on stage naked than without perfume. (laughs) Have you always been this into fragrance? Yes. When I worked at the makeup counter, I used to work in a MAC counter at the Macy's at Mayfair in Milwaukee. Yes. Oh, look at that. And that's when I started to level up, you know, like I might not be able to afford the best wigs and drag, the best costumes, but it started to matter to me to wear the best fragrance I could get. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Today, we're featuring Trixie Mattel, based in Los Angeles, California. Trixie, the electrifying drag superstar, shatters boundaries and captivates audiences like no other. She won RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3 and since then has been on a meteoric rise to become a cultural icon. She worked with Integrity Toys to create the Trixie doll, was nominated for a Critics' Choice Award for her one-night-only comedy special, and in 2019 debuted her cosmetics company, Trixie Cosmetics. In this episode, she sits down with Heather Hyatt, who runs social media at Scentbird. She talks about her obsession for perfume, answers questions about scent, style, and self-expression, and challenges her nose to guess common fragrance ingredients. Unleash your inner creativity with Trixie Mattel on Scentworld. Trixie, we're so happy to have you here today. I am such a big fan. You do it all, really. You act, you sing. You've been on lots of shows and what New York Mag called you one of the most powerful drag queens in America. How amazing. I I mean, mean, listen, I love drag and I love drag queens, but to be one of the most powerful drag queens, I think it just means you have to like get up before noon. You know what I mean? Drag queens aren't exactly maybe the most industrious, reliable people in the world. You know, in the drag world, the fact that I like show up on time, people are always like, what? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. People used to lie to me about my call time when I was working in nightclubs. They'd be like, we need you in the lobby by 9 p.m. And I'd be there in drag at 9 p.m. And they'd be like, we didn't expect you to actually be here. We don't need you until <laughs> t- 10. I'm with royalty here. I know. I mean, oh, my gosh. I feel so honored. And I'm so excited to talk to you about fragrance and about your story. And this is just like a dream come true for me, really, because I've, I've been watching since you were on RuPaul's. RuPaul's Drag Race, you were the winner of the All-Star Season 3, and I think that that's so incredible. So I'm so flattered. I was like, when you walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, she smells so good. I know. Elephant in the room. I normally am a happy, pinky, (laughs) Barbie, pastel, California girl, but you did catch me at the very beginning of Spooky Season, and we just launched a black lip yesterday at Trixie Cosmetics. So today I was like, it's the one time a year you bust out the black lip. Yeah, I mean, and you are giving in this black lip. I wish I could do it. <laughs> oh, I love black lips. This is to anybody out there. If you're not sure what to wear for Halloween, wear like yeah. a sheer black top and a black lip and everyone will think you're giving like the craft or yes. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I always think, you know, it's great to have an original costume. It's great to have a big, a- ambitious production costume. You can always roll back on being a spooky little slut. Oh, I love it. I'm here for it. (laughs) And you've been in the limelight now for a while. And how is it to be Trixie Mattel these days? Um, Well, we are coming into spooky season, which is 
when I start seeing people dressed as me for the month, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny to work like Halloween. You know, I have a bar in Milwaukee where I do a Halloween party every year. This is oh. it in Milwaukee. Yeah. And every year it's like you're lip syncing and you look out and you see a sea of people <laughs> in blonde wigs with big black eyeliner and you're like, how drunk am I? Yeah. Like I'm starting to see doubles I'm and like, triples of myself. Yeah. Um, but it's fun being Trixie. It's, you know, I always envisioned Trixie to be like a California girl, even though I lived in Wisconsin and living in Hollywood and doing TV and doing YouTube and doing my podcast. It's just, I would have never, ever, 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 ever believed what Trixie has afforded me. And it's just, if it all went away tomorrow, I would be completely grateful. I got already got way more than I ever should have in life. I love that. That is that is so nice. And you really have done it all. And you're such an inspiration to so many people. And again, just thank you for being here. And I want to start with fragrance. We've already established you're wearing fragrance today. So yes. can you tell us what you're wearing? Yes, I can. I'm wearing uh, Rosario from House of Bow. I have had a journey with rose perfumes. Oh. I remember about five or six or maybe even seven years ago, uh, I was with Courtney Act, an Australian drag queen backstage, and she put, she was wearing straight like rose water as perfume. And I was like, roses. And if you know Courtney, yeah. she looks like a 14-year-old girl in drag. She is tiny, feminine, <laughs> flawless. You know, I look good in studio light. She looks good in the sunlight. She looks perfect. And I remember being like, interesting, somebody who's so young and sexy and feminine wearing a rose scent, which I think most people think of yes. as a... Mature, yes, smell. mature, a little bit older demographic, yes, but it's so good. Yeah, in the last few years, I got really into florals. I got into like Chanel Chance, and then I got into oh. like um, Flower Bomb, and then this rose one from House of Bow. I was just now I want to smell like a a complicated woody musky rose. I love it. Like this rose prick from um, Tom Ford. Iconic. I love anything rosy like that, yeah. and also because I wear a lot of '60s stuff. To me, flower smells make sense to me. It feels yeah. like, I don't know, 60s Barbie smells. Yeah. Do you remember the first fragrance that you wore? In drag? Yeah. Yes. I used to wear Turquatic from MAC because I worked at the MAC counter at the time. Yeah. And Turquatic was unisex. And as busy as I was in my early 20s, I felt, I guess, comfortable knowing out of drag I could smell this way. And then later in the night, I could smell the same way and it would work. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, when I'm in drag now, if I know like, oh, I have to get out of drag and go straight somewhere... I'll stay away from like the cotton candies, the florals, the sugars, and I'll do something more clean and bright and citrusy because I'm like, all right, if I have to get on an airplane at six o'clock <laughs> and I still smell like my drag perfume, I don't want to bring like a sugar bomb onto the plane. Right. I'll pick something more woody or more unisex oh, or complex. I love woody. I, I like plan my fragrance around like what the look is and what the day is going to be. That was one of my questions. What does your day-to-day -day smell? What does that smell like? Or it changes. It does change. However, there are some favorites. You know, I've been with Scentbird for a while and yeah. Scentbird introduced me to Rachel Zoe Warrior. Oh, I love Rachel Zoe too. Me way. too. And it is about as feminine as you can get without me feeling like I'm walking into the room like a sugar bomb, oh, like totally. a floral sugar bomb. It has that Tonka bean. Yes. It and has it like a strength it. to it. Yes. It's like powerful. It is very, very much the name. Very. It's very much the name. And you walk into the room and people are like, whoa, who's that? Yeah. It's good. And I pick fragrances for events too. Like I tour a disco party called Solid Pink Disco. That's like a big pink, I DJ a big pink disco party. Yeah. And I wear Warrior a lot because it's really oh. feminine and flirty, but it really has that grounded strength to it. Yeah. And I just feel before I hit those decks and put on my headphones and start playing, I want to smell like that. So I'll be like, Brandon, can you grab me Rachel's a Warrior? I mean, 
You would think we work at a bar and we're asking for like top shelf liquor. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like grab my perfume, but sometimes yeah. I'm like, no, grab this one perfume. Yes. I need You know that your smell. collection. Yeah. You, it's like a Rolodex in your head and you're like, I need that one. Totally. That's the one. And That's then we so have funny. ones like Rachel's a warrior where we have doubles and triples. Yeah. Because sometimes if I know we use it a lot, we will get <laughs> several because we have this suitcase, that bag, yeah. like, you know, my little purses. We need sometimes a few of them floating around. And they're great because they're travel size. That's why I love it. You just love. like pull it out. You're on the go. Spritz, spritz. Like when I was just running in here, I had like two bags that are just draped on me. And I was like, I know where exactly where my travel size is. Spritz, spritz, spritz. Because I always just want to smell good. That's a hundred percent. That's the best compliment, you guys. Like you smell good. Uh and I always say with drag, like it's the Muppets 4D experience. <laughs> when the drag queen comes toward you to take the dollar, okay, yeah. there's this drag queen who's one of my idols called Delta Work. Okay. Hi, Delta. She <laughs> loves fragrance. Her Instagram is almost entirely her talking about fragrance. And when she's performing, she sprays her hands with perfume. And that way, let's say you're at the bar and you tip the drag queen a dollar. When she takes the dollar, you're hit with the perfume. So and you not only aroma. love the music you're hearing, you love the drag queen you're seeing, you get hit with smell. It's like a three-dimensional drag experience yeah, sensational sensorial like i love it that actually reminds me of you know my retail days we would we would spray certain things or diffuse certain things during the holiday season or during the springtime and it really makes people buy like scent can has has such incredible power which i'm sure you know but we just love using scent obviously at Scentbird, but it's in everything in hotels and shopping experiences in drag shows. It's oh yeah. And everything. I mean, I have a motel in Palm Springs called yes. the Trixie Motel. I know I saw it. And something, you know, I want to go. You should go. It's <laughs> it. You want to talk a sensory experience. You will never be the same. People walk I in and cry. Really? I mean, the world is so crazy. You walk into this pink property that is flawless yes. and you go, wow, there's parts of the world that are perfect. There's moments that are perfect and we provide that. But when we were making the renovation show in season one, you know, renovation television is all visual. Yeah. You don't know what the rooms smell like. Yes. But something we talked about off camera all the time and we still enforce is that each room has its own smell. So we have plugins right next to the door. So like if yeah. you check into the Yeehaw Cowgirl room, you walk in, the smell hits you before you even see. Because I want people to feel like the entire experience has been thought about. Yeah. And what does that room smell like? That one has like a little bit of a, like a leather smell to it. Oh. Because it's a hardwood floor. Yeah. It's, you know, a horseshoe shaped bed. It's very yeehaw. Yeah. And I then love like that. the Malibu room, that one smells a little more like pina colada or oh, summer breeze. Take me there. Yeah. It, it really, oh. smell matters to me a lot. I would rather go on stage without a wig on than without perfume. No way. A hundred percent. I'd rather go on stage naked than without perfume. <laughs> Have you always been this into fragrance? Yes. When I worked at the makeup counter, I used to work in a Mac counter at the Macy's at Mayfair in Milwaukee. Oh, yes. look at that. Lots of violence at that mall. <laughs> um, but I loved working at that mall because to get to my office, I'd have to walk through the fragrance department. So yeah. I became very close friends with the ladies you know, the strong Midwestern accents. Yeah. Oh, I'd be yeah. walking to my lunch break and she'd be like, hey, Brian, go ahead and try the Vince Camuto. <laughs> we have $70 off and it comes with a free tote bag. And, and you're the, like, I'll take it. I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> and that's when I started to level up, you know, like I might not be able to afford the best wigs and drag, the best costumes, but it started to matter to me to wear the best fragrance I could get. That's when I started investing in fragrances and being like, all right, this bottle's going to live in my suitcase and I'm going to wear it every show for the year. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Is there a fragrance that you wear that might surprise people? Yes. Um, I wear, to be honest, I think the Trixie I present usually is very pink and girly and Barbie. 
But I do like a lot of bright, clean, linen-y, oh. like um, citrusy, clean smells. I like that. Sometimes a drag, especially in the summer in LA, if oh I know it's going to be hot, I'd rather feel, if I'm going to start sweating, I'd rather feel fresh. <laughs> yeah. Then like, if you start sweating and you're wearing something really sugary, then I'm like, oh my God, I probably smell like somebody's hummingbird feeder. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, so I <laughs> love clean and fresh because in drag, please, if I start to melt in the California heat, can I please at least smell good? Yes. And you don't want to smell like, you know, there's sweet sweat. You don't want to smell like sweet sweat. You want to smell fresh. And anytime you just douse your yourself in a fresh fragrance, I just feel like you automatically feel better. You're like, 100%. I just took a shower. I feel so much better. And drag queens wear a lot. I mean, I feel like for real people, it's probably a spritz and then you walk through it. Yeah. Or it's in the hair. I'm like wig, chest, both arms, yeah. back of the, I mean, like I want people to smell me coming because yeah. I just feel... I mean, most of my job now is on camera. You can't smell me. Yeah. I always have perfume on. Always. And then my partner, David, out of drag, I wear cologne. He wears cologne. And we first started dating. I think we could tell we both wore cologne and we were trying to outdo each other. Yeah. I think for a while you could smell us coming a little too much. Yeah. We were like. <laughs> like an Abercrombie and Fitch store. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to impress each other. So we were. But the problem with dating two women or two men, the problem is. You steal each other's fragrances. Oh. So I might start wearing a fragrance. Right now I'm wearing, um, out of drag, I've been wearing uh, a Tom Ford one. And then David's like, I like this. And then pretty soon I smell it on him. And I'm like, well, what's left for me? Right. If every time I pick up a new cologne, <laughs> you start wearing it. Yeah. Then I have to go buy another one. And then when I buy a new one, you steal it again. Yeah. So any queer people out there, don't let your girlfriends or boyfriends steal your perfume or cologne. Stand up for yourself. You got to have boundaries and you got to give consequences. Because we know they're not cheap. They're not cheap. <laughs> yeah, unless they're, you're on Scentbird. I know. And of course, it'll be like, a you know, after I've tried something on Scentbird I really love, maybe I'll invest in the big bottle. And then David's like, don't mind if I do. I'm like, that does not belong to you, bitch. Yeah. You're like, that's mine. I know. I'm like, Hands can I have off. one thing? <laughs> that's so funny. And honestly, I can relate because I actually wear a lot of masculine leaning fragrances because I love Woody. I love Woody. Yeah. And I will fight my husband. I'm like, do I, there are bottles in our our house in our room and I'm like you cannot touch this one yeah and if you do I'll find you and Some, someday when they invent like smell-o-vision and you're watching oh. your husband on the news you'll be like you'll be watching him <laughs> on the news like you stole my perfume I know it's like I am a sleuth and I will figure it out yeah I, I'm gonna start marking my bottles like with little dings like oh I know you used a spray it escalated quickly for me I started investing in perfumes and drag and then I started to be like well, why do I have nicer fragrances out of drag than I do the other six days of the week? So yeah. then I started buying, I remember my first fancy cologne was, uh, I think it was Calvin Klein Obsession. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Which for like a 21 year old <laughs> man is a very intense smell. Yes. But I think I just, because my fragrances in drag lean so feminine, yeah. out of drag, I really prefer deep tobacco, woodsy, smoky. Oh, yeah. I love like Replica by the fireplace. Oh my gosh. It smells like so someone's good. house is on fire. But I, love I love Replica it. fragrances. The bath one, bubble bath, whatever it's called. That one's really good too. Yes. And on a date. Oh, they're all on so a date, good. Jazz club. Oh, that one smells like a smoky room and high balls. And I'm like, it I does it. smell like that. I know it really does. And I love like, I love jazz and I love a smoky scent to me. Yeah. It just takes me back to my grandfather. And I love it. He used to smoke a pipe and it was, I can still smell it in my nose. And I'm just obsessed with that smell. I'm the same way with my grandpa. My grandpa at the end of his work day, he was a plumber. Yeah. At the end of his work days, he would sit at the kitchen table in his plumbing, you know, his, his name was Ed embroidered on the shirt. 
and he would play his guitar. And at the end of the day, he would have uh, brandy, like blackberry brandy and sip it. Yeah. And I have that memory of like the wooden guitar and like Ugh. the soft smell of brandy. Yes. It's a very romantic. What does it say about us as young women I that know. we want to smell like our grandpas? But I, know. I don't know. Here we are. <laughs> hey, what? Who cares? Who cares? He's my, I have a tattoo for him. So your husband's gonna be like, you smell great. You'd be like, thank you. This is my grandpa <laughs> my smelled grandpa. like. <laughs> Do you want to, you want to be taken there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Awesome. So at Semperd, we like to think of fragrance as an accessory. So how do you think about fragrance as an accessory for performance versus your everyday life? I could not be on the more perfect podcast. I wish more <laughs> people would talk to me about this. Okay. <laughs> so when I get ready, I have an idea of what I'm going to wear right. for like um, the day. I do my makeup kind of a certain way for a certain look. Then I'll pick the costume. Once right. I pick the costume, I pick the hair. Okay. Then I put on the jewelry. Yes. And once I'm really done, yeah. I look in the mirror before we walk out. I can hear Brandon like opening the front door, starting to pull the suitcases out the front door. That's when I walk up to my wall of fragrances and I'm like, I look in the mirror, I look at what I see and I'm like, what will communicate this to those, somebody who might not even be able to see me? How do right. I communicate this? Exactly. And that's how I know to pick something really clean that day or really bright or super feminine. I mean, Mac Candy Yum Yum smells like cotton candy in a flower shop, dipped in sugar, dipped in femininity like it is the but sometimes i look in the mirror if i'm like djing and i remember a few two months ago i opened for i dj'd for the band aqua you know they sing barbie girl yeah and i was in a high neck long plastic pink gown oh my God. and i was like if we're doing full barbie i need candy yum yum i want to smell like Absolutely. a cherry laffy taffy yeah <laughs> so sometimes it really just goes down to like how do I continue this story in the way I smell? Right. It all has to go to me. Yeah. The same way you wouldn't pick the wrong earring or the wrong shoe. Don't pick the wrong smell. No, because they, every outfit has its own smell. Every yeah. occasion has its own smell. And it can be different for everybody. But I just think it's so distinct. Like your memories go back to that one place. Like I have a wedding. I just got married like three weeks ago. And the moment I smell my wedding fragrance, I just like get transported to being like in front of my husband at the altar. And it's like the best thing ever. And when he smells it, he, I sprayed it on like maybe two days ago. He was like, that's what you're wearing when we got married. This is, this is a crazy story. I know. So you purposely were like, that's the perfume I'm wearing yes. on the wedding day. And it was like, it had to match my wedding dress and it had to match the vibe of the, like the venue we were getting married at, but it also had to match like what I love. And I love like Santal and it yeah. was creamy. So it was Kay Ollie's wedding fragrance. And it was creamy, but it had a dry down of Santal because I love woody fragrances. Yeah. And his matched mine too. So his cologne matched mine and they like smell good together. I love woody. I, know. I think me there's too. something wrong with me because sometimes I'm like, no. I'll be like at Marshall's and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> David's like, that's a room spray. That's You're like, like sandalwood, cedar, and birch. <laughs> that's not for your body. And I'm like, but it could be. It could be. Yeah. I mean, who's to say? I love like a candle that smells like a burning candle. You know uh, what I mean? Like, yes. I just want wood, cedar, <laughs> sandalwood. If it sounds like you have a um, electrical issue in your house and that the walls are on fire, oh, I'm yeah. like, that's nice. Oh, for sure. And like, so what does the, in your house right now, what's the candle? What oh. does it smell like? Okay, this company called Boy Smells. Ah, oh, yes. Yes. Love Boy Smells. Love Boy Smells. In the kitchen, we have something called, um, I think it's called Snap Pea, and it's like a bright green veggie. I don't want to be gross, but think of the bright green smell when you snap open a pea. Oh, yeah. And That's like, what our kitchen smells it, like. like. Our kitchen smells like that. Oh, good. And then um, they have one called Pink Marble. 
that is rosy and super spicy. And I introduced it and, you know, David, listen, I relinquish power in the home. I let David make our home smell like whatever he wants. Yeah. Pink Marble is, it's really rosy. And boy, smells, if you're watching this, you might know better than me and I could be wrong, but it's very rosy, but the top is super spicy, like black pepper spice. And when you walk in the house, you get this wave of this rich spice, but it has this under of floral, which feels like a little gay and welcoming. Yeah. And it just, it is what our house is supposed to smell like. We buy two or three of the big ones. Oh, like, I know the big ones. Yeah. That have like three wicks. Totally. Yeah, I know those. We had boy smells on the podcast. You did. Yes. Love them. I yes. think they are doing something so exciting in the fragrance world. Their they collaborations. Just, so iconic. Cool. Like the quality of the fragrance, the packaging, the way they market. Awesome. Um, their um their kitchen smells, which was like, you know, snap pea, melon, all these like uh green produce smells. Yeah. That's become my default like housewarming gift for people. Oh, what a great housewarming gift. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I do want to get to know you a little bit too. Okay. So I want to talk about a little bit about your story, Becoming Trixie Mattel, and I'd love to hear about how you got started. I knew you grew up in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin. If you don't know at home, get a map. Um, but you studied <laughs> musical theater uh -huh. and you were introduced to drag while performing the Rocky Horror Show. Is that right? Yeah, I was doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, I just came from a trailer in the woods, right? Yeah. Very sexually inhibited, very socially inhibited. And I think something in me knew I needed to like um, throw myself off, uh, you know, baptism by fire. Yes. I needed to take- I say that all the time. Yeah. I needed to take my like very inhibited self and put it somewhere that would just quickly make me acclimated. Right. So there was a local production of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which a lot of cities have it. They show the movie at midnight and a cast acts it out in front of the TV. It's not exactly Tony award-winning performances, <laughs> but it was an environment where without- purposely exploring gender or drag without even having to learn those words. I was put in an environment where you could put on high heels and a Frankenstein mask and dump fake blood and glitter on yourself and run around crazy. Yeah. And it just was a great environment where gender wasn't important, you know, age, financial means, none of that mattered. What mattered was just dressing up in a dark movie theater and making a fool of yourself yeah. for the fun of it. Right. And that really is honestly the spirit of my drag and always will be is just like dress up and act like a fool. Yeah, you I know. love that. I actually was watching one of your interviews and you said drag is about doing whatever you want. And I love that because that also is like fragrance is about doing whatever you want. You totally. can mix, you can match, you can layer, you can change it up, you can do whatever you want. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the expression of drag and fragrance right. and how it's linked together. And that's that's just so cool. And how take me back to the moment you realized like drag was your passion or it was what something you wanted to pursue. I remember it like it was literally yesterday. So I was doing Rocky Horror when I was 18, 19, 20. When I was 21, I went to a nightclub on my birthday, 21st birthday. I went to a gay nightclub in drag on my own. I didn't know anyone. I had my ID, the birthday, yeah. and the doorman like, was like, happy birthday, you know. And I was like, okay, I'm in a gay club. I'm in a wig. You have to imagine, I'm from the smallest town. To be in a queer nightclub, I was so scared. And I'm in drag. And they came up to me and they said, um, have you ever performed before? And I said, no. And the drag queen in the show came out. Her name was Wendy Breeze. Hi, Wendy. And she said, I'll give you a shot. Will you come next Wednesday and do two numbers? And I said, immediately I said, of course I will. I left the bar going, I don't have costumes. I don't have any songs I know. I, I don't know how to lip sync. I don't know how to perform, but I guess I'm just going to try. 
The following Wednesday, I came. I was standing in my little outfit, a little 80s prom dress from a thrift store on North Avenue in Milwaukee. Like, cheap dress, cheap wig. I looked horrible. My heart was in the right place, but it looked horrible, which is most drag, right? We all look horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, this is so crazy. We're in the women's bathroom and because we didn't have dressing rooms. So there's women coming and going to pee and the drag queens are just naked and they're putting <laughs> wigs on. And this drag queen is holding the microphone and she goes, our next performer has never been on stage before. Now, she's looking me up and down and she goes, now, a lot of you need to remember that doing drag is very difficult and doing it for the first time is really scary. And so we're going to show her some support and see what she's got. And it was like a movie. It was like burlesque or something where yeah. I was like so scared. Yeah. And the music started and I immediately, if I had the option to eject myself out of the situation, <laughs> I would have. But the music started and luckily I just blacked out and went and did my number. And afterward, I got in bed and I remember I stayed up almost all night, blanket pulled up to my chin, staring at the ceiling, being like, I'm going to do this. This is right for me. Like I, I was right for this. I might not have been good at it, but I knew I was right for it. And it was the first time in my whole life I felt like I I found my calling. It's like I saw the bat signal and it made me realize I was Batman. It was like, oh, that's what I should be doing. Yeah. Because I always loved costumes. I always loved comedy and music. And I, I just never know how to put that together. And then when drag happened, I was like, this is my calling. And then I just never looked back. And here we are. That's amazing. And how has it, how has, with your style, it's obviously elevated. How has your fragrance collection elevated as well? Well, the great thing about fragrances is they have a long shelf life. Yeah. <laughs> and the more you own, the longer you have them. Right. In the beginning of my career, when I wore just Nicki Minaj Pink Friday or just Mac Turquatic, or I had one bottle that maybe lasted me a year, right? If I didn't wear it every day, because I didn't do drag every day, yeah. it lasts me a good year. Now I have so many fragrances that, God, I, I don't really get to the bottom of bottles anymore because I always have something new to wear. I'm always picking up something new, especially when I'm traveling. I have to buy something at the airport. I got to yeah, buy. I just, I'm that the person. duty free. <laughs> yes. As soon as I get through immigration. You're like, okay. You know, when you get off a, a plane and you wish you could get in a shower immediately. Yes. I can't always get in the shower, but I know I can go to duty free and pick up a, something. And yeah. the other day I wore, I stepped off the plane and put on Paco Rabanne uh, 1 million. Yeah. That's a good one. It wasn't for me, yeah. but I found that out the hard way. I put it on and was like, don't love that. And I guess now I'm wearing it on a plane, so. And then you have to like smell it the whole time. Yeah, but that's the like, magic oh. of duty-free. You just yeah. spray some stuff on and, you know, walk around. Yeah. And... <laughs> do you care about what other people think? Like when you try fragrance, do you tell people, what do you think of this? Smell it. No, I really do it for myself. I mean, obviously I love getting compliments when somebody says you smell good. That's one of my favorite compliments, but I don't walk around. Like actually one time my husband was like, Ooh, I don't know if I like that fragrance. And I was like, I love it. So I don't really care. So. It's just your own personal expression. That's how I express how I'm feeling. Maybe I'm in a bad mood that day and I want a, a, a fragrance that kind of resembles that. I'll wear something I don't like as much. And I'll be like, this is, I want people to not talk to me today. Yeah. When I feel like I've done something bad, I'll wear something I don't oh, like. Yeah. Punish myself. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that a lot of times the fragrance I'm wearing is my mental version of the best version of myself. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. I'm not going to look perfect. I'm going to say something wrong today, whatever. Yeah. But this smells like, what if I had the perfect day and did everything right? Exactly. I'm going to do that, you know? Absolutely. And I know that you are a big Barbie collector. Oh, I yeah. love that. You and Barbie go way back. We can, sure do. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, I was a kid who, you know, we won't dip into it. I didn't have the most fabulous upbringing. And 
I used to go to the toy stores, like, you know, Target or whatever when I was a kid, and I would take those pink boxes in the 90s. You remember the pink box from Barbie? Oh, yeah. I would hold my face up to the plastic, and I would put my hands around it so that it felt like I was in the box with the Barbie. And I would just imagine that I wasn't myself, and nothing else existed, and I was in this world. This was my whole world. And I never owned dolls, never had really girl toys until I was an adult. And then I was like 24 or 25, and I started just being like, I want to collect dolls. I just, I'm going to be gross. I had more income than I ever thought I would have. So I was like, I want to buy girls toys. I love kids toys and I love girl toys. Then I started collecting and now I'm a monster who constantly is trying to make room in their house. Uh, you know, <laughs> no. Brandon, my assistant Brandon and I are currently trying to thin the herd. We have a deep hop where we're always putting dolls on there. To no. Because s- we have too many. There's just, it's taking over my life. How many? I mean, at least six or 700 probably. <gasps> no. We're thinning the herd because we yeah. are focusing on curating. Right. We're taking out the fluff. So like now I have California Girl, even the nine ponytail Barbie, the first Barbie ever made. Barbie, you're beautiful. You make me see my Barbie doll is really green. You know, I have a bunch. My, my era is like. 1962 to 77. That's like my sweet spot. Yeah. So I mostly collect 50-year-old Barbies now. Wow. So I got rid of a lot of my 90s Barbies. I got rid of a lot of my, you know, 80s Barbies. I'm mostly collecting 60s, 70s Barbie because I love like, you know, 60s mod Barbie. Yeah, definitely. I remember I'm a 90s baby and I played with Barbies. Like I loved Barbie. I wanted to be Barbie. It's a great tool. I mean, you have to think before Barbie came along, women were pretty much only encouraged to play with baby dolls. Right. You were encouraged to pretend to be a mom. Right. Like the impact, like in queer world, we talk about representation all the time, right? right. Like you see, you see two men get married on TV when you're a kid. You're like, oh my God, I could fall in love someday. For women, when you're playing with a toy, like the Barbie career of the year last year, I believe it was last year, Barbie was president. That was the career of the year. For young girls now to, act, to actively imagine themselves as president. Absolutely. That wasn't possible before Barbie was president. Yeah. You know, and I just think that matters so much. The whole world for women especially is being like, this is what you are and what you aren't. You can't be this and this, but like people are complicated. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. We we need more. We need more Trixie Mattel for president, everybody. Could you imagine? I know <laughs> very little, but I have great enthusiasm. <laughs> I got invited to the White House last year and I wanted to go and it was like a luncheon with um Joe and Jill Biden. And then the week of, they were like, bring a blanket to sit on because it's outdoors. I said, I'm not going to drag to sit outdoors on the floor. No. I'm not doing that. No, thank you. Yeah, so I didn't go. But next time, maybe. Well, now you have your own Barbie, too. Iconic. Yes. This company, Integrity Toys, who makes beautiful fashion dolls. Yeah. They did a Trixie doll last year, and it was unreal. I mean, you have to imagine, as somebody who wanted, I wanted dolls so bad when I was younger, to grow up and have a doll of myself was, must be what people feel when they get an Oscar or something. It just, I opened it. The prototype was sent to me when we were renovating Trixie Motels uh, season one. And me and my partner were in the hotel room and it came and I opened the box and I held it and I looked at it and just tears started coming. I just couldn't believe that there was a doll of me or that people would buy it, sold out. Now they're so expensive and hard to find, but very affirming. It was like the most, it meant more to me than winning Drag Race, more to me than anything like that. I love that. That's a, such a beautiful story. And 
I guess we can talk a little bit about your name too. How did you get the name Trixie Mattel? I know Mattel's Barbie. Yes. And I think I was reading somewhere about how your stepdad would call you Trixie when you were a bit more feminine. And is your name, uh, is that how you kind of take back power from that situation? Totally what it is. I mean, when I first started doing drag, um, you know, when I was younger, my stepdad would call me a Trixie whenever I was acting too feminine or too emotional, I guess, like, you know, the tradition is that boys don't cry and girls do. And right. I was a very emotional child. So he'd be like, stop crying. You're acting like a little Trixie. So then when I was 18 or 19, the character I played in Rocky was called Trixie. And I just thought it was fate. It was like the universe using the same of all the names. Right. That name coming back was like fate. And this was a very complicated situation because when Facebook first started, oh, the first okay. social media, you needed a last name to have a Facebook. Yes. And I was trying to make a Facebook for Trixie. And I thought, well, Trixie doesn't have a last name. And then, you know, in drag, we do parody. And I was like, well, if Trixie's manufactured in a toy factory, right. she's not a real person. What would her mom and dad be? It would be a toy company. So I easily could have been Trixie Hasbro, Trixie, you know, who knows? Yeah. But Trixie Mattel had a ring to it. Trixie Mattel. And when they say it on microphones in nightclubs, they would say Trixie Mattel and that ba-da-ba-ba. Right. It just worked for me. And The cadence. Yes, the cadence. And I really lucked out. I mean... Believe me, like 18-year-old me was not a marketing genius. I just picked the name because I liked it. And then later on in life, I'm like, God, thank God I picked something so easy for an audience to understand. Oh, I get it. It's a play on this toy. It's a parody of a product. Right. You know? Right. But, you know, drag queens, you know, there's so many drag queens with last names like Louboutin or, you know, Coca-Cola. I'm sure the <laughs> drag queens love to parody commercials, products, celebrities, movies, yeah. you know. I just think it rolls off the tongue so well, though. Actually, I want to transition into RuPaul's now, if, if you're good with that. Sure. And so I think it was 2015 when you joined season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race and started to become famous. What was it like for you to go through that competition? Oh, my gosh. You have to imagine. I was 24 years old. I'd never even seen a video camera. I'd never worn a body microphone. I'd never been on a TV set. I didn't know anything about reality TV. I had no idea what I was going into. I right. just thought, I like drag. I want to show people my drag. Maybe I'll win. Um, and I remember, you remember that feeling I told you before I walked on stage at 21, how I wish I could have ejected yeah. my body. I remember waiting backstage, waiting to walk into the workroom, not to be dumb. I didn't even realize the workroom on drag race was not a real room. So when they walked me into the TV soundstage and there's just flat fake walls. Oh. I remember being like, what? I mean, I really didn't even understand that that wasn't real. Yeah. And I remember looking in the mirror and the person with the headset was like, last looks before you walk in. And I said, I wish I had that eject button. Sometimes the pressure of life is too much and I wish I could be shot into space. Don't we all? But I just was like, well, I guess we'll go in and do this. I remember I was wearing MAC turquoise perfume on when I walked in and I just was terrified and didn't do super well. But it was, again, baptism by fire. Wearing yeah. body microphones, being on camera. I didn't know what I was doing, but my God, I had to learn. So I just had to try to learn. and. Yeah. I just took to it. I don't know. I, I like being on camera and acting like an idiot. And once I realized, oh, TV is all fake. So just do whatever you want. Were there any fragrances that helped you step up to the challenge that make you were like, put it on and you're like, I feel confident I'm going to rock this challenge? Yes. At the time I was wearing Mac Turquatic. I was wearing Mac Candy Yum Yum, which is that super oh, feminine yeah. sugary one. Okay. This is kind of gross, but every drag queen out there knows about this. There's this fragrance called Pink Sugar. Oh, we have it. You do? <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's like probably, I don't know, affordably priced. Yes. Very affordably yes. priced. Yes. 
<laughs> and I wouldn't say it has the most incredible, incredibly complex profile. No. It's basically like spraying cotton candy yes, on yourself. <laughs> it is what it sounds like. Yeah. Pink sugar. And all the drag queens used to wear that. And I mean, I don't want to be too vile, but I remember backstage drag queens before their music would start and they'd like lift up their dress and take pink sugar and <laughs> spray it right in the crotch, spray it right in the armpits. So then you have... Drag queens who smell like male body odor and cotton candy, which is such a fun combination. But uh, shout out to Pink Sugar. Every drag queen in the world, I think, has had Pink Sugar. Um, and then weirdly, my mom wore Elizabeth Taylor white diamonds. Oh, and I think I also wore white classy. diamonds, which is a very aggressively mature feminine scent. Very classy, sophisticated. Yes, very sophisticated. As a woman who shops at Neiman Marcus and spends a lot and is it's very like... I want to say rich older woman smell, which yes. didn't really match a uh, negative bank account 25-year-old, but I went for it. Hey, make it till you make it. Yeah, you dress for the job you want. And sometimes <laughs> with fragrance, you're dressing for the job you want. Absolutely. Anytime. I mean, I want to smell like a CEO one day. See? Spritz, spritz. Is there anything that you think would surprise people about the show and what it feels like behind the scenes? Oh, it just takes so long. I mean, you watch 50 minutes of television. I mean, with a commercial break, what is what is it? 42 minutes of television in an hour? That takes us two days to make. So, you know, those are 12, 14-hour days. Um, I remember at the end of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, I remember we were so close to the end and I was so close to winning. I remember standing in a corset, standing against the wall and leaning my forehead on the wall and just saying over and over again, never have to do this again. And that's been my mantra. Whenever I really am struggling with something, I'm always like, I have to do this again. Unless, of course, you're on tour and you have a show the next day, then you do have to yeah. do it again. But, you know, um, any TV thing where it's 12-hour days in drag and my body is just giving out with, like, my padding and my corset and my lashes and my wig, I'll just repeat, you never have to do this again over and over again. Every TV show I've ever been on, I'm sure they have some body mic recording of me being like, you got this, girl. Weird, like, personal pep talks, crying on set. I'll usually try to hide it if I'm crying, but I'm wearing a body mic. I'm sure the sound person is somewhere like, what is that crying? And I'm in a bathroom somewhere like, oh, and then I come out like, I'm good. Let's do it. I think that when I was watching the all-star season, I felt like you were really validating of other people's feelings. And you're like, I would have cried too. That was, I forget to exactly who you said it to. And I was like, that was such a sweet moment because, you know, you didn't have to do that. And that's when I was like, I love Trixie Mattel. I cry all the time. I mean, you know, I think I have a reputation of being a little cold, a little stony. I'll cry from my, I'll, I'll look at an Instagram with dogs that get adopted. And if it crosses my mind that that dog's not adopted, I'm like, oh my God, I'm an easy crier. You know, my partner and I are renovating our house. And recently we went to look at some countertops and the person selling us the countertop said something like, can't you imagine for your kitchen counter preparing meals for like Thanksgiving? And I was like, as I can. I can imagine it. I mean, I'm an easy crier. So like I have a lot of empathy when someone else cries because I think crying is okay. I think holding in crying is bad. And so I always want people who are crying to know like right behind you. When you're done, I'm going to start. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we all should cry more. Spray the perfume directly in the eyes. Cry more. This is that's tough to follow, but <laughs> what did don't it, spray perfume in the eyes, okay? Let's like don't. Scentbird doesn't endorse that. <laughs> Scentbird would like to distance, uh, would like to highlight that the opinions of Trixie Mattel are her own and in no way aligned with Scentbird. 
<laughs> Literally. Um, what did it feel like to become more recognized? And how would you say you deal with the fame today? Oh, it's so funny. Because, you know, I always thought, you know, before I was on TV or anything, I could do a show get out of drag at the club and walk out with my suitcases and nobody in that club would know who I was. They like nobody except my friends. And then when I started doing TV, most of what I did was in drag. So still no one recognized me, but because of YouTube and my podcast, oh, yeah. um, I'm out of drag so much now. And I'm like six foot tall and super fair with a bald head, very recognizable. So, um, I get recognized more than I should. You would think I'm more famous than I am because I get recognized a lot. But I think when you're tall and bald, people just, when you walk in, they're like, oh, you know, you have a, a spooky presence. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I don't mind it. I mean, you know, I feel like in LA, you're supposed to be like, I can't believe any of this is happening. I always wanted to be a TV star. I always wanted to be a musician. So I always wanted to get recognized. My dream would be that someone would ask me, you know, I was a kid who used to practice my autograph every day. And then, of course, I have a fake name. So I did all this <laughs> practicing for nothing. but. I always wanted to be famous. And for me, Trixie's famous and I'm not. So it's an easy. Yeah. It's like someone telling Walt Disney, I love Mickey Mouse. Right. Like it doesn't feel like you're giving that to me. It feels like I love Trixie too. We have that in common. Right. It doesn't feel um, scary. That's really, really cool. And it's cool that you can be her or if you want, you could just be Brian. Yeah. Like when I go on a, a date with my partner, I can put on glasses and a hat and, you know, Maybe the waiter will be like, he and I went to dinner two nights ago at Spartina in LA. And the waiter at the end was like, I'm a huge fan, by the way. And that's nice. Yeah. Always love to hear from people. Um, I love when I'm with like oh, my partner's mom and I like always want my partner's family to think I'm cool. When I get recognized in front of them, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, yes, brownie point. I know. I'm always <laughs> trying to be like, oh, they just recognize me. It's no big deal. You know, I'm kind of famous. Yeah. <laughs> But then, you know, when I'm like hungover at an airport, a TSA, I'm like, yes, it's me. Yeah. Yes, thank you. You know, I'm not always, or, you know, I cry a lot. So sometimes when I'm having a hard day. Uh, <laughs> the other day I was with my friend Mateo and we were out to dinner and I was crying and somebody came up and asked for a picture and I was like tears in my eyes and I was like, can we not today? But, you know. Yeah, that's so That's fun. how you know it's really me. If you see me, if you see a bald man out crying, you're like, that's her. <laughs> Like, that's Trixie. Yeah. <laughs> Trixie, hey. <laughs> yeah, look at the sobbing. I know that's her. Well, kind of in the same vein, I want to talk about how you've built your world because you have such a recognizable look and your brand. And I think that's so beautiful. And it's really hard to do, actually. And I yeah. think you've really excelled and perfected it. So how has that helped you, like, kind of create Trixie Cosmetics and Trixie Motel? Tell us a little bit about your process for building this entire empire and universe. Well, I've always been into this on a larger or smaller scale. Like when I worked in nightclubs and I was like 21, um, I remember my boyfriend at the time and I used to spray paint my suitcases pink so that yeah. if I was walking into the nightclub in drag, I had pink bags. It was important to me to, for people to think like, even if you saw me going to the bathroom, yeah. the hand soap I was going to use was going to be pink. I wanted people to be like, wow, that bitch is really committed. Right. So, you know. My makeup kit, I used to buy like the, um, the cool makeup packaging from Claire's. Yeah. I would empty out the product and then take my pro makeup products and put like that lipstick in the kid's tube. I always wanted my makeup kit at the club, for example. You remember when you're a kid and you have those tiny little pull around suitcases? Yes. I would buy those and that's what my makeup kit would be in. Or I always had a caboodle. Oh, I love caboodles. You know, I always wanted in drag to feel like um, 
my makeup station, I'd lay down a pink towel, pink brushes, pink products, pink yeah. perfume. I just wanted people to feel like, wow, she really is Trixie all the time. Right. You know, my motel's pink, my, my studio's pink. Um, I always felt like I could give people some dimension to the character in ways that would surprise them. Like, oh, she smelled like I thought she would smell. Right. You know, at meet and greets, I wear about a gallon of perfume because people are like, you smell so good. And I really feel like I can provide that little extra to them. Yeah. You know, and I guess as my career scaled up, like making records or opening a motel or owning a bar or starting my makeup company, I wanted no matter what business I opened for you to be able to go, well, that's the Trixie. That's Trixie Cosmetics. Or like, well, that's Trixie's bar. Right. That's got to be Trixie's motel. I didn't want any second guessing. I wanted my brand to be like borderline overkill. Right. Like, okay, we get it. You're Trixie. Like, and that's always been really important to me. And it started so like in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, well, I need chapstick. Did that pink version? You know, like yeah. everything had to be pink. And um, you are a marketing genius. I think, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I do. I just, you know, you just, or when I realized on Twitter that the trademark TM thing. Yeah. Oh, it stands for Trixie Mattel. So I have to put Trixie Mattel TM. Little things like that where it makes me go to bed being like, I'm so smart and cool. Yeah. Probably no one notices, but I notice. Oh, I do too. I love marketing things. Like even when I'm watching Netflix and I see like a, a product promo, I'm like, oh, how much do they pay to get in that Netflix show? Yeah. You know, I love it. I or, live off of that. Or I love puns. Like last year we launched this bl black lip called Feature. Yeah. And we launched it with a green and a black lip called Creature and Feature. <laughs> Creature Feature. <laughs> like I love puns. I love like mnemonic devices like that where if you pick up a makeup product and you read the bottom. I remember I bought a glitter once that was a silver holographic glitter called AK-47. And I remember, I'm not a gun person, but I remember being like, what a great name for a glitter. Right. And so as a makeup owner, like a makeup company owner now, I'm always like, the name matters. Right. The scent of the lipstick matters. The box it comes in matters. Absolutely. Even our shipping is pink. The box that ships to your house is pink. I like, know. I want the experience to be as four-dimensional as possible. Right. And for Trixie Cosmetics, your makeup looks like nostalgic toys, which yes. I love. Yes. Tell me about that. I live for it. My goal was to make makeup products that if you went to Toys R Us, it could be sitting on the shelf and you wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, early in my career, I would go buy, let's say, a lipstick from Claire's and I would go buy a Makeup Forever lipstick and I'll put the pro formula in the kids packaging. And so with my company, I was like, why can't we have fun kids toy packaging, but professional formulas? It always yeah. has to be one or the other. But right. at our company, what I've learned about drag is everybody just wants to feel like a kid. Yeah. Drag makes you feel like you're, you're a kid. It makes you feel like you're at Chuck E. Cheese. Right. And... I love giving adults a little moment in their day where like, let's say you want to open your compact and check your lipstick. Wouldn't you yeah. rather do it with this? How cute is it's that? It's like a little Polly Pocket. Oh, you know, I love it. There's just always a way to make something mundane fun. When I worked at the makeup counter, women would always say, it's my makeup routine, my makeup ritual. Yeah. My and I'm like, don't make it sound boring. It's not a routine and a ritual. Yeah. You are painting your face every day. It's exciting. Yeah. And with makeup products, it's just like, do you want it to feel like brushing your teeth or do you want it to feel like maybe the only part of the day that you take for yourself? Right. And for a lot of women, makeup is maybe the only thing they do for themselves that day. It's true. And I guess I always wanted to provide an experience that was not just a great quality, but like fun. Everything is better if you can make it fun. I know. And you have so many endeavors going on and it's so incredible to see your career and what you've done. How do you 
keep your creative juices flowing. Oh, I always think as a drag queen, I'm like a a glorified collage artist or a glorified, mm-hmm. like, you know, my brain is a giant margarita machine yeah. that we're just throwing stuff in. So, you know, if I'm going through like a super 60s, like um, two years ago, I went through like a super 60s era. And that started because I started watching Nancy Sinatra videos, Brady Bunch, the TV show Hullabaloo. Yeah. Um, I started studying 60s dolls. Um, I kind of treat my brain as like uh, whatever I throw in there is going to come out subconsciously. Right. So I really treat my creative process like, um, you know, in movies when they're tracking a killer and it's like a giant cork board with like yarn and stuff. Yeah. I think of my creative process as that. I'm like, I want her lashes, but I love those go-go boots. And I want this song to sound like this. And I think I should wear this lip color that Bridget Bardot wore in this movie. I think of it really as like a collage and an homage to all the things I love. And you can tell from looking at me when I was a kid, like Polly Pocket, My Little Pony, Barbie, those things imprinted on me. And so even though I don't make a big conscious decision, pink is always going to be what comes out naturally for me. Blonde hair, you know, that just has always worked for me. Yeah. So I wish I could say it's a big mastermind like thing, but most of the time it's just whatever I genuinely love comes out in the wash. I love that. It's like if you smoke in a hotel room and the next day you're like someone smoked in here. Yeah. With my art, I think sometimes you're like, oh, you must have been watching the Brady Bunch last year. I'm like, yes, I was. And that that's really interesting. So that if you were to look at your life and divide it into three chapters, what would those chapters be and what would they smell like? Kind of like Picasso, how he went through his blue era. How this is kind of like a crazy question, so we can skip it, too. But no, I like how it. would that look? Well, Everything up to me starting drag, I think of that as like, it's like a slow cooker, right? I wasn't allowed to play with makeup or act feminine or play with my hair or wear pink or do any of that. But that didn't mean that I didn't think about it all the time. You know, I would watch things on TV. I wanted to listen to the Spice Girls and watch the Babysitter's Club. And like, I was such a little girly boy, but I wasn't allowed to actually touch anything. So it was constant. Like, all those ideas were just brining. Like the idea of Trixie, the idea of like living as a human doll was all in there, but I wasn't allowed to practice it. And then when I started drag, that's when it was like rolling out the dough, playing with shapes, playing with different colors, playing with what the character could be. Um, So I would say everything leading up to doing drag, very woody. I lived in the deep country. Let's say it was, let's say replica. Um. By the fireplace. Yeah. Very, I lived in a cabin, you know, like very woody country. And then when I started playing with drag and playing with gender, I would say Mac Turquatic because it was very feminine, but had a strong masculine swing to it too. And I think in the beginning, I was playing with gender and bargaining with it. I was dressing like a girl at night, but then dressing like a boy during the day. It was like being two people. Right. And then I would say Trixie now because I love the 60s and I'm so California. I love yeah. anything super floral super rosy and retro and um, classically feminine. That's kind of where I am now. I love it. And what would that scent be? What's classically feminine to Trixie? I really love Chanel Chance. It's so floral and and citrusy and bright. It makes me think of, I don't know, being in Palm Springs and wearing like a white swimsuit cover up with a big beehive. Like it just works for me. Now let's go beyond scent. 
In this advice segment, we search the internet for questions people post about fragrance, style, and self-expression, and ask Trixie to share her wisdom. I'm here to help. Okay. So these are real questions. Great. Here to help. From real people. I can't guarantee I'm going to help you, but I'm going to (laughs) try. By the way, if you're asking drag queens on the internet for help, you get what you pay for. (laughs) I think you're going to be great at this. I have no doubts. So the first one is my coworker wears way too much fragrance. And I'm one of those people who have to go into the office every day. Do I tell him to take it down a notch or just stay quiet and live through it? I don't know. I think, listen, you become nose blind to everything. That's Part true. of why I love Scentbird is because true. two weeks into wearing something every day, I need to pivot because yeah. I need to feel fresh and new. And, you know, Violet Chachki, a famous drag queen, we always talk about how in drag, I need something new. Right. Even if it's an earring, a new lipstick, I, every time I get in drag, I need something new. Right. Something to make me feel like new. Yeah. Um, you will get nose blind to that fragrance. You will. So you can either wait it out or... I don't know. My favorite show is The Office. And oh. on The Office, one time Phyllis is wearing a very strong pine scented perfume. And Rashida Jones's character goes, I think I'm allergic to your perfume. Oh, what's that smell? What smell? It must be a air freshener plugged in somewhere. It smells like a funeral home. Oh, I'll help you find it. Oh, you know, never, never mind. What is it? I, I think I'm just allergic to your perfume. My perfume? It's just my crazy nose. I, um, I'm used to different smells. Bob Vance bought this perfume for me in Metropolitan Orlando. It's made from real pine. Who's Bob Vance? You have a lot to learn about this town, sweetie. And she says it like such a bitch. So you could try to ask her to not wear it, but based on the office, you might get your hand slapped. So. Proceed at your own risk. That's all I'm going to say. You could say something like, I just have a really funny nose and sometimes those, those fragrances hit me really hard. I wouldn't say it would ever be appropriate to ask them to change their fragrance, but you could mention like, ooh, sometimes those strong scents really make me sneeze. Treat it like yeah. you have an involuntary response. You're yeah. not saying you hate her fragrance. Treat it like, oh, those smells really make me, oh, they make my eyes water. You know, treat it like you can't help it. Yeah. Little white lie. That's good advice. That never hurt anybody. Or compliment sandwich. I love that smell. In this tight office, it really is hitting me like a wall, but it's so pretty. Do you think that's too <laughs> fake sounding? I don't know what to do. You no. have to switch. You have to move out of the country. <laughs> I don't want to be extreme, but you have to move out of the country. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> that was great. The next one. My current partner wears the same perfume as an ex. It always reminds me of my ex, and it's weird, but he just loves this scent. Oh, I'm conflicted. What should I do? Can I say something controversial? I think straight men honestly wear the same four colognes. Yeah. They do. Everyone wears that DKNY. Um, I know they wear that um, light blue. Oh, Dolce & Gabbana. Dolce light, light blue. blue. Aqua Di <laughs> Oh, yeah. They all wear that. Uh, Bodman spray. Bodman body spray. Yeah. Or I do think a lot of men wear Obsession. I think a lot of older men wear that, yes. Calvin, which is a beautiful fragrance. And Versace Eros. Yes, and Versace Eros. Or, uh, yes, Versace are very popular. Very popular. Because a lot of straight men love that really clean water locker room yes. vibe. Yes. Because I think they think that's what women like. Yeah. Because do you remember like Hollister Jake? 
Oh, yeah. Do you remember, like, I don't know, any millennials out there, those Hollister colognes were so, like, oh. borderline pornographic. They yeah. all smelled like men's locker rooms. Yes. So what I would do is, and this is maybe a little passive aggressive, you could say, I love that smell. That's what my ex used to wear. Just say it. It's, it maybe he will change direction. <laughs> or next time you're shopping with him, be like, let's go buy you a new cologne and purposely pivot to other things. And be like, I love that on you. That yeah. smells so you. And to make him, let him know how attractive you find it when he wears that type of cologne. Right. Because I'll be honest, seven years into my partnership, I still make sure David likes a cologne before I buy it because he's the one who has to smell it. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting that we found in interesting research through our community. We found that men in our fragrance community wear it for other people, whereas women wear it for themselves. That is such a good point. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Like, but no, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> when I feel, um, I, I will say men are fragile. They don't like to say it, but they are. And I'm, I, I live as a man. I understand having a fragile male ego. Sometimes fragrance is my last ditch effort for confidence. And I think for men, sometimes if there's an environment where they need to feel powerful and control, attractive, they do it through fragrance. They're trying to convince everyone around them that they are secure. Whereas I think for women, it's a self-indulgence. It's a self-luxury. I deserve this. And for men, I think it often is more like, I hope people think I'm cool, you know? Yeah. And you got to ditch that. I mean, if all men picked the fragrance that they liked, we wouldn't be smelling the same four colognes on men. I mean, there's a reason why at Nordstrom and stuff, it's the same four colognes doing like holiday gift sets. Right. Preach. Over and over and over again. Men do not care about having like the lotion of that fragrance. Right. They don't care. So I don't know why they sell sets like that, but they do. We got to keep preaching this. This is perfect. Although not to be gross, I do love like a Stetson cologne. Oh. Like a big, nasty, leathery, yeah. like stepdad cologne. I love that type of stuff. The stepdad cologne. I know exactly. My yeah. mind goes exactly to what you're talking about. Yeah. The dad who's like at your basketball game in high school. Yeah. That smell. The dad who <laughs> smokes a cigar out of a, a flatbed truck. Love that. I want to smell like a villain. I want to smell so evil and poisonous and provocative and lustful and powerful and murderous that merely a whiff would make a man shiver as he walks by. Not witchy, not like I cast spells, but like a black widow or a praying mantis, you know, really evil and absolutely undeniable. Whoa. My instinct is Tom Ford. Those are all Ooh. unisex. And some of those deeper smells, Katya wears a lot of those complex, dark, yeah. strong, lingering, evil smells. Yeah. And I think she wears tobacco vanille. I think it's like a tobacco vanilla. I think she also wears, oh, Something oud, it's like a deep, oh, rich Ouds are oud. very, very, very rich. evil. Oh, yeah. Very evil. I would say something Tom Ford, those are a little bit pricey. I mean, some of those are like $200. Yeah. But befriend the gay person behind the counter at the Nordstrom and get them to give you a sample. Yeah. That's good advice. That's because they do. That's don't let advice. them lie to you. They do have little bottles that they can send you home with. Yeah. All these fragrance people have testers, they have samples. Yeah. And if you're nice, they have no issue to give them to you. Just be nice. Yeah. Be nice anyway. Be nice. And then you get to smell like a villain later. Yeah. Don't be a villain at the counter getting the sample. I feel like this was a perfect question for your outfit today too. Totally. I mean, this is my like, you know, today I wore that House of Bow like Rosario because it's like a deep, spicy, dark rose. Yeah. I was like, yeah, with this dark lip, that's what I want. Yeah. 
and it matches like it all. I know you can't smell, but it all goes together. Yeah. It's perfect. I'm going to put it on now. Is that okay? Of course. I really am just. Um, it's already in your bag. I mean, I perform on stages with five, 6,000 people and I still put perfume on because even though they can't smell me, I can smell me. So it's character building. You know, a lot of actors, this actress, um, Uta Hagen, who wrote this book called Respect for Acting. She's a famous acting teacher. Yeah. She talked about how she was in a play where she had the gentleman who's her love interest in the play. She would have him. She had him spray her, his coat on stage before she, he went on with her husband's cologne. And in a scene, it helped her lock into that love feeling, that compli- yeah. not just love, but long, complicated, like die for you relationship. Yeah. And it's amazing that for actors and actresses, scent is their fastest way to lock that in. Right. Like that's how important scent is. This is that Rosario one. Oh my God. Put it in my hair. Put I, it in my mouth. I love that. Yeah. And when people hug you too, if you put it in your hair, you, when they hug you, they smell your hair. Oh yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I smell good. Yeah. I'm just as, I smell so good. My best friend it. in high school, her name, her name is Rachel. We're still friends. Hi, Rachel. She lives in San Pedro, California. And she's a creative director now. And she was a cool girl in high school. She wore yeah. like leather jackets and listened to rock bands. Oh, yeah. And she had cool jewelry. And she was a high schooler who had like black long nails and wore rings. And she was just beautiful and cool. Yeah. And I remember hugging her all the time in high school. And she always wore what I considered at the time almost like a masculine perfume. And that was my first introduction to the power of a woman wearing something purposely like a feminine yeah. and like the power of that. And I just will never forget that being like, wow, this, my friend who's kind of hyper feminine in many ways prefers a complicated, rich, dark, masculine fragrance. And it's like very powerful. Yeah. I love like a leather jacket smell on uh, someone. Me too. <gasps> leather. There's, there's a smell. I forget what company makes it. It's a UK based brand and they make something called marshmallow leather jacket. And it smells like a body spray that smells like toasted marshmallow mm. and leather jacket. Really? And it's so weird, but so cool. I wore it for years. And the only reason I don't continue to wear it is because they don't stock it in the States. I think it's UK only. Really? Yeah. We so have to figure that out. Toasted marshmallow and leather jacket. The weirdest smell, but so good. This is a really great question too. I'm a 24-year-old guy and I've been starting to branch out in the way I present myself. Sometimes I like to wear crop tops, perfumes that are more floral, and even makeup. I have a few childhood friends, though, who give me a bit of a hard time. They don't say much, but I feel like they're judging me and I want to have them as friends, but I also don't want to have to put on a front around them. I'm not sure how to deal with it. Well, I'm assuming this person is... What we're talking about here, we're not talking about gender identity, et cetera. We're talking about personal style. Right. We don't know really anything about this person other than we don't know their age. We don't know their gender whatever. We know that they at least seem to previously present very male and now they're playing with color, makeup, whatever. I'm assuming this person doesn't live in like New York or Los Angeles. You know, I don't know how to respond to this other than I don't want to get on a soapbox, but everything is societally taught, right? Blues for boys, pinks for girls. That's all made up. The makeup was originally worn by like male kings and stuff. Like in Rome, they, the men wore skirts. Like everything is made up. Everything's a construct. Like in some areas of the world, women still can't not wear dresses. Like the more of us stop participating in those type of constructs, the more we leave this planet actually dismantling things that are very narrow and harmful. And these people who are your friends, 
They might be in good faith giving you a hard time. Believe me, even my own drag friends, sometimes they're like, girl, you look whack. So they could be just playing with you. I would really challenge you to sit down and go, hey, the other day when I had that nail polish on and you said something, I'm sure you were just joking, but this has been a fun thing for me and it kind of hurt my feelings. Most of the time when you call people out on that, they don't have the courage to double down and they get embarrassed and they apologize. And you could change their perspective forever. I had people from high school reach out to me, guys from high school reach out to me on Facebook Messenger and be like, hey, I saw you on TV. Um, I just want to let you know, I, I gave you a really hard time in high school and I, I still think about it. And I feel bad about it. And I'm not saying you'll get that message, but I'm yeah. telling you sometimes as years go by, people will be like, I'm embarrassed about how I treated someone for the way they dressed or talked or whatever. You're in the right here. And these people, if they are your friends, give them a few chances to get it right. But like, if they can't get it right, they're not really your friends. But I'm very severe. When people are like, my mom doesn't accept me for being gay. I'm like, cut that bitch out of your life and never speak to her again. So I'm very severe. Yeah. Because everybody in my life has always been pretty supportive. Especially now. Everybody knows I'm a cross-dresser now for a living, so no one cares. But if I was you, I would just let people gently know, hey, I know that was a joke that kind of hurt my feelings. Just so you know. And I promise if they're your real friend, they'll be embarrassed, apologetic, and they'll never do it again. I love that. That was a great one. Today, we're introducing a new segment, Mystery Sense, where Heather challenges Trixie's nose to identify common fragrance ingredients. Here's how it's gonna work. So you're gonna close your eyes and I'm gonna hand you one of these bowls and you can't touch it or see it or anything like that. And you're gonna smell it and you're gonna tell me your initial reaction, what you think it is. And I will tell you what fragrance it is, like what fragrance the ingredient is in. Great. Okay. So this will be the first one. So close your eyes. Okay. I'm gonna hand this to you and you might need to shake it around some. Okay. Gucci guilty. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this is a real fruit. It smells like, can I eat it? No, is that cheating? <laughs> That's cheating. Okay. I think it's pear. Yes. Is it? Yes. Oh my God. I really oh was not God. sure if it was going to be apple. It's pear. Okay. And this is in, this is pear and it's in Britney Spears Curious. Oh my God. This oh. takes me back. <laughs> if you are 33-ish, the hot girl in every high school wore this. Yeah. It's so, I remember the bottle, that beautiful blue bottle with the atomizer. Oh yeah. My best friend Rachel in high school wore this, the girl I told you about. And it sat on her vanity. And I remember being like, my best friend is the coolest fucking person. It's so beautiful. I it's mean, so to good. think this was made, what, 20 years ago? I know. This was the first perfume I ever bought or ever it's got. It's so like 2000. I know. It makes you think of like Fergie wearing one of those like sideways, like newsboy hats. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. We should get one. We should get one of these. These are really nice. And I remember fantasy too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole line. Oh. If you've never tried Curious, if you're curious about Curious, it's so good. And you know what? I smell the pear now, but I would have never picked that out. I wouldn't have either. It's not like super over fruity. It's not over fruity. It smells Love more this. like fresh to me. Oh, yeah. Very fresh. God, this is pretty. This is so pretty. 
It's really you Brittany, can have you this snapped. One. You did a great job. Beautiful. We talked about this one a lot. So I'm going to hand this to you and you just take a whiff. It smells fresh. It smells floral. What is it? It's a rose. It's a rose. Wait a minute. <laughs> they're like baby roses. Okay, these are really baby roses. I don't smell rose because they're tiny roses, but I know. What's the fragrance? This one is Leu Dissay by Izzy Miyaki. Listen, I love anything rose. It has really like paved its way into my life. Oh, that's a, that's a feminine rose. That one's good. Oh, <laughs> this is like so like roses uh, sprinkled into clean water, like roses in champagne. Like rose water. Oh my gosh. This makes, this is like, you wear this when you're showing a lot of skin. So you took the sexy route with yeah, it. Yeah, there's something very like innocent about it. It's just floral and very like clean and bright. It's very like, oh me? Oh, really? I, I, it's just something I pulled out of my closet. It's not, you know, it's just, oh, this old thing? You know, it's very unassuming. Beautiful. It is really beautiful. Actually a little too innocent for me to wear as a 34-year-old man in a wig, but I really do like it. <laughs> Whoever wears this is going to smell beautiful. I don't have any right to wear this, but it's so pretty. <laughs> okay. So this is our next one. Here you go. Oh. Oh. Okay, this is cinnamon. I just touched it. Absolutely. This is cinnamon. It smells like real cinnamon, like, 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 uh, like apple cider, like the sticks you put in cinnamon. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. That's cinnamon. exactly. It smells so good. It makes me think oh. of, I don't know, like a grandma's bathroom, that like bowl of potpourri. Oh, yes. Yes. My yeah. grandmother had that yeah. on her toilet. And this one is Bee by Alice Brooklyn. Bee by Alice Brooklyn. I've never had like a cinnamon perfume. I know. It's kind of complex. It reminds me of a honeycomb. Wow. It really do it oh. does. Sm it smells like honey. Yeah. It's honey. Mm, it's yeah. called bee. It's called bee. Yeah. It's definitely honey, cinnamon. And vanilla. And vanilla. It's very natural for yeah. how weird it is. Yeah. It is weird. It's weird. But you know, some people, some, I know <gasps> people who only buy weird fragrances. They want something that no one else has smelled before. This is one of them. Yeah. If you wear like leather jackets. Yeah. If you wear like, like, oh, like Doc Martens, like that kind of girl. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is so cool. I bet you this wears really, this honey smells wear good yeah. too through the day. And it's you developing. Can, yeah. Love that. Next one. Okay. Love that. That is really cool. B. Yeah. One time I went to an, an apiary in, uh, in drag and helped them harvest honey and it was really scary. Bees kind of scare me. Woo. This smells so good, but I can't tell you what it is. I have to touch it. I know I'm not supposed to touch it. Oh, this is brown sugar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It smells like brown sugar. Okay. This is brown sugar. Yes. You're doing so good. I know, but I'm also touching it, which I'm not <laughs> supposed to, so. I feel like you're close. This one's Vanilla 28 by Kaoli. Okay. I wish you could come to my house and do this for me all day. The Vanna White of Fragrances. Yes. Oh my God, this isn't for me, but I, oh God. This is for very fancy people. Like yes. rich, like gold jewelry, yeah. faux furs, yeah. boots in the fall. Opulent. A fall fragrance. This is a nice fall, like rich, suede, sweet. Yeah. 
woody. Like, this is delicious. It's very, like, it's not too feminine, though, for a vanilla. No, it has, like, a berry to it, too. Yeah. Wow, whoever wears this, you really have your life together. <laughs> yeah, it has, like, a, even a funnel cake smell to it. Oh, this is so beautiful. This is, like, what you want your nice, nice mother-in-law to smell like. Uh, still a little sexy, though. Still a little sexy. Wow, love that. It, See, it could I'm be an like easy that. sell. I don't think I've ever gotten something that I don't like. So this this um this is a good one too. I think you might get this one. I'm gonna shake it up. Whoa, this is oranges. No? Nope. Tangerines? Oh no no no. Oh my god, I can totally tell you what this is. I have to touch it. <laughs> Oh, this is a peach. Yes. Yeah, this is a peach. <laughs> yes. Or a nectarine or whatever. Yeah. It's a peach. I don't know the difference. Me either. <laughs> you're we from don't Atlanta. Work you're I know. from Georgia. I'm a Georgia peach. <laughs> and you don't know what a peach or not. I'm oh, calling the police. I know. Did you know it's actually um, Florida that grows the good peaches? Uh, that's a random fact for you at home. But this is Brown Girl Jane Bahia. Brown Girl Jane Bahia. This one smells nice. Oh, my God. Very fresh. Wow, it's like so feminine. Whoa, this is really cool. It's like really feminine, fancy woman walking into an, an, uh, a, a cool, refreshing pool of water. It has that like water base to it. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. Brown, what is it called? Brown Girl Jane. Brown Girl Jane, you have it all figured out. Beautiful. I would want to spray this in my hair and drag. Like oh. I want my hair to smell like this. And then you would flip your hair. Someone's like, wow. Love. Love. Awesome. Okay. Here's, I know this one. Okay. I need to do a better job at not touching it and not asking questions. Can you guess Trixie? You know, if I'm being vulnerable here, I had my nose broken when I was 21 and my sense of smell is not great. So... It smells like some kind of vegetable in my clothes. No. I don't know what it is. It's no, tuberose. I would have never known what that was, but it <laughs> smells so good. And it's in Gucci Bloom. Iconic. Iconic fragrance. Oh, you know, whenever I go to the Gucci store, I dip myself in this and I, I think about buying it. Maybe today's the day. Maybe today. Girl. Very bright. Very crisp. Very refreshing. Wow, very sophisticated. Jewelry. High luxury goods. Kind of vegetable. Sexy vegetables. Yeah. I know that vegetable feels like a no-no in fragrance, but so many of the good smells are, are planty. Yeah. Very planty. Love. You like this one? I like this one. It's so iconic. Everybody wears this one, I feel like. Or they want to, they buy it, but then they don't wear it. You know what I mean? It also feels professional. This feels like a workplace yes. perfume. Like, yes. People will be like, wow, she must have her whole life together. She you must know? have her whole life. Don't You don't have to have your whole life together, but certain fragrances will communicate that for you. Okay. So the next one we're going to review, I'm handing it to you. Be careful. Oh, this is a glass of milk. No, I have no can, idea. Um, can you guess it? Whoa, it smells so good. Uh, you're going to laugh. Is it? 
Is this a dairy product? Non-dairy. Non Not, is it soy milk? You're close. Is it almond milk? You're close. Can I taste it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's neither of those things. Is it some kind of fake milk? It's coconut milk. Oh, it's coconut milk. <laughs> yeah, it smells like, um, like I, I eat cereal and I put like almond milk or silk yes. in it. This smells like what I would put in cereal. And this coconut milk is in Boardwalk Delight by Skylar. You know, that is a really nice smell. I wouldn't say it's a great room temp taste, <laughs> but oh. oh my gosh. Okay, see, th that is like the base for this. Yeah. Because this has a lot of sweetness and fruitiness that pops out the top, but it has that super creamy organic base. Oh my gosh. This doesn't smell like anything we have at my house. What is it called? Boardwalk Delight. Boardwalk Delight. Now this is almost like an experience smell. This smells like a specific day you had. Yes. Uh, like on a boardwalk, winning a prize on yeah. a third date. It's from the brand Skylar, which is LA based. Skylar. Oh my gosh. You really fleshed out a whole storyline here. Oh, it's so flirty. It's so like, I'm falling in love for the first time. Oh, Aww. love this. Again, yeah. way too innocent for me and drag. I'm too foul mouth, but this is like a beautiful, oh, for like a young girl. It, oh. even, it has like cotton candy notes in it too. It sure does. Yeah. Wow. This really smells like a, like Santa Monica Pier or yes. something. You're like skating, like with your roller skates down Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. And like, maybe you're wearing pink, you know? I can smell the hot dogs. No, yeah. it doesn't smell like hot dogs. <laughs> I'm like, I'm adding, I'm adding my own story. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And the next ingredient is, can you guess it, Trixie? By the way, those of you at home listening, I want you to know that you're listening to a podcast. You're stuck in traffic. You're listening to a podcast where a cross-dresser guesses the smell of things in bowls. Okay. I want you to know that you are taking time for yourself and you are supporting the arts. Thank you. Whoa. <laughs> this is, I'm going to be honest with you. This is not a favorable smell to me. It, it smells, yeah. um, old leaves, barnyard cat. <laughs> oh, it's seaweed. Is it seaweed? Oh, is no. it, it's fishy. But it's close. What is it? Coriander. What? Yeah. It smells like seaweed. I love the smell of seaweed. You do? Yeah. I just like, it reminds me of the beach and the ocean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really weird smell on its own. And I'm assuming what you're about to show me doesn't smell like what's in this bowl. This one is a little interesting for sure. This is called Scandalwood by Heretic. It's another LA-based brand. I think we've tried this one. Have you? It's with it's in collaboration with Dita Vontis. Yes, we tried this one. Yeah. We liked this one as it was. Bowl full of coriander, kind of intense. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. My gosh. It really develops too. Oh, it smells like a sexy cocktail evening in an antique yeah. museum. It smells old. It smells yeah. like an attic. Oh, oh yeah, I'm getting that. It's like, you know, dust in the air almost. Yeah. But sweet, like old wood, like the barrels they use to make whiskey. Yeah. It is animalic. Beautiful. Yes. And I've never smelled anything like this one. Yeah. It's very different. Ladies or gentlemen out there or whoever, if you like witchy. Oh, yeah. If you like a little spooky, if you like complex, a little sinister, 
this is that. Yeah. It smells so cool. Oh, it's like an old books. Yeah. It smells like old books. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. And this is beautiful. You know, in the context of this, the coriander is very welcome. Yeah. But but not here, <laughs> but in the context of the actual piece, beautiful. This is one of my favorite things I've smelled all day. Really? Yes. It's so cool. When you wear it on your skin, the way it develops, it's just like at first, when I first sprayed that and I love Heretic and every one of his fragrances. When I first smelled it, I was like, oh, it's not for me. But then I wore it around. And as it developed on my skin, I was like, whoa, this like really took my nose on a ride. Yeah. It was awesome. It's, it's the type of perfume you put on when you're like, I want to feel like a completely different person yes. today. It really yes. makes a mood shift. Totally. Okay. And also, I think, I think that could present very masculine as well. I'm sure it's unisex. Yes. But I could smell this on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> And the last ingredient, I'm going to shake it up a little bit to really get the, the aroma going. And I'm going to hand it to you. How does this one smell? Oh, is it peppermint? Close. It's, it's mint. It smells so pretty. Oh, it smells like a, uh, like, a, like, a, like a summer drink. You know when they put mint in like summery drinks? Yes. Like a mojito or something? <gasps> All right, so we are gonna have put this on the blotter now, and this is Mango Thai Lime by Joe Loves, and it has mint in it. Yeah, and it's so funny that you said it was a cocktail. Like that's what this fragrance is to me. It smells like a cocktail. Like you're somewhere hot. You're on the beach. We're taking time for yourself. We're taking time something. for yourself. It smells beautiful. It smells as much like a cocktail as you can smell without yeah. smelling like an alcoholic cocktail. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> It's very beachy. It's very like a drink, uh, a, a room service in Mexico. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, I, you know, this is the other, sometimes you need a certain smell for a certain occasion. This is what you wear to like a beach thing. Yes. Or like a rich resort or something. But it's still bright and citrusy and fresh enough that you can sweat through it and know yes. that it's not going to get weird. I hate to say like hot, being in Los Angeles, I have to think about how a fragrance is going to smell once I'm sweating. This is going to stay fresh. It's green, it's bright, it's minty. It's yeah. like super lime, super citrus. Yeah. Love. I, love I would wear one. this out of drag, I think. I'm just like huffing it. I'm just like imagining a whole different life for myself <laughs> where I, I'm a pool boy. I'm a very happy and well-paid pool boy. Beautiful. Amazing. Well, those were all of the ingredients that we had for you to sniff and you did such an amazing job. I want to say you got eight out of 10 of those. So kudos to you because that's hard to do. Well, I mean, as much as I love fragrance, I'm not great at smelling it and immediately mentally deconstructing everything right. in it. And with Scentbird, the cards that are sent to me help yeah. me understand what I'm smelling. Yeah. It's made me a better fragrance shopper because I actually recognize what's in it now. Yeah. I used to be, I like it because it smells good. Right. It's all I could really verbalize. But luckily now I've gotten a lot better at doing detective work where I'm like, oh, I love both these because they both have this. So I guess yeah. I really just love sandalwood or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's helped me be a better shopper because now I actually can say, here's what I usually like. Totally. And you can even filter by note on the Scentbird website too. So if you like sandalwood or if you like jasmine, you can take all of the way, like, cause we have like 600 fragrances online. So you can filter by the note and it'll just show you those exact fragrances. And you'll be like, okay, I know I at least like something in this fragrance and then fill your cue from there. Well, I'm not going to stop till I have all 600. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was honestly sitting in a wig and smelling things. I know. Love. I love, love. 
this was the highlight of my whole year. So thank you. Of course. I thank love you. Scentbird and I love how many different new fragrances introduced. I mean, my Scentbird fragrances have traveled around the world with me. Every country yeah. I've been backstage with my little. Yeah. Just really changed the way I can touch myself up in drag. I don't always look great after two hours of DJing, but I know I can walk off stage and spray that and be like, all right, I might be a sweaty mess, but now I smell beautiful. Right. You've achieved so much in your life and career so far. What is next for you? You know, I always have wild ideas. I would love to open another Trixie Motel. Oh. I would love to open another bar. I would love to get, I mean, I just want to keep making makeup. I want to keep podcasting. I love touring. I love DJing. I feel so lucky that every part of my job, you know, everybody has parts of their job they like and don't like. Pretty much every part of my job I like. And I just want to protect that. To be honest, my new era I'm in, I'm ready to actually downshift my career and focus on family, friends, real life. You know, I want to spend more time with my mom. I'm ready to get actually a little boring. So get ready for the new boring Trixie because I'm going to start like making, you know, casseroles and stuff. Oh, I'm here for it. You could even turn that into a show like Paris Hilton. Have you seen her cooking show? Of course. I love it. Yes. She's the best. She's I'm a like, professional baker. I love living for Paris, honestly. And I do have one more final question. What do you hope fans take away from you and everything that you do? Well, I'm very passionate about beauty. I mean, whether I was behind a makeup counter, you know, working for an hourly wage or owning a makeup company, I really believe that in beauty and fragrance, nail polish, makeup, everything, you know, in beauty school, we always talked about how we don't work in the beauty industry. We work in the self-esteem industry. And with fragrance, with beauty, that is always what I'm thinking about. And I hope that when people reach into their makeup bag or reach onto their shelf to grab a fragrance, you're working with your own self-image and your own self-worth. And that's why those tools are so powerful. Also, treat yourself to a shot at the end of the night. You deserve it. Thank you so much, Trixie. We can't wait to continue to follow the boring you and whatever else has to come <laughs> for the future. Thank you so much again. Of course, whether I'm boring or not, come see me in the wild anywhere all over the world and I can guarantee you I will always smell good. That was Heather Hyatt and Trixie Mattel, based in Los Angeles, California. Up next on Scent World, a philosophy of less but better with Matthew Mallon and Andrew Getz, the co-founders of Mallon & Getz. For more unfiltered conversations with perfumers, visionaries, and fragrance lovers, follow Scent World wherever you get your podcasts. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani, edited by Ramiro Gava, mixed by Alex Roses, production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.